Welcome to the Iceland with Kids podcast. We're sharing the best tips and tricks to help you plan an amazing vacation to Iceland. Your host is Eric Newman, the founder of Iceland with Kids. Eric offers custom vacation plans and personal tour guide services for families visiting Iceland. Check out all of the details at icelandwithkids.com. Here's Eric and the Iceland with Kids podcast. Hi, everyone, and welcome to episode six of the Iceland with Kids podcast. Today is my very first interview episode. I'm excited to interview Kelly Floyd today. Uh, she and her family visited Iceland in 2019, and she's here to share her amazing experience and some great tips for families visiting Iceland. You'll hear about her favorite museums and a lava field, and I love a show that I've heard nothing but good things about, and waterfalls and so much more. Um, you can follow Kelly on Instagram. She's got some great Iceland pictures. Pictures up there, and some of those pictures are of the things she's mentioning today. Uh, her handle, which is also in the show notes, it's uh, together underscore we will wander. So we will wander is all one word. Together underscore we will wander. Follow Kelly there and listen on to hear about her experience visiting Iceland with her family. Thanks. All right. Uh, hello, Kelly. Welcome to the Iceland with Kids podcast. Thank you, Eric. It's uh, it's an absolute pleasure to be here, and certainly with uh, with the Eric Newman that actually wrote the book that we use. So, oh, it's, uh, yes. a privilege. Good. I guess I helped out your your, your trip to Iceland in 2019. Huh? I was a small it part is. of it. I, yes, <laughs> absolutely. So, tell me about it. When you guys went, and uh, who is we? Who who went with you on the trip? Yeah, sure. So uh, we are a family of four. Uh, my husband, Luke, and I have two balls of energy. We have William, who is now eight, and Harry, who is five. Uh, and we were lucky enough to spend a week in Iceland about eight, 18 months ago now, sorry. So way before COVID struck, uh, when the kids were both uh, six and three. Um, yeah. Oh, very cool. And uh, how did you choose Iceland as a place you guys wanted to visit with your two bundles of energy? Yeah, sure. So we uh, originally were only looking at a four-week trip um, over to Germany. So I went to Germany on exchange when I was 15 and have kept in touch with my German family ever since and been back a number of times. But last year, we decided it was it was time to visit them again with our kids. And uh, they have, or my German sister now has children the same age as our kids. So we thought it was time for them to, to meet their cousins, so to speak. And when doing research um, about sort of areas of Germany, we wanted to, to visit as well, I came across a blog on Iceland with kids and simply just went, uh, wow. And our family uh, as a whole love the outdoors and anything that we sort of do travel-wise always has some type of component of the outdoors. And uh, everything about this blog, to be completely honest, had so much appeal. So I emailed the blog to my husband and his response was one word and it was just yes, exclamation marks. So uh, the planning started, uh, started from there. Wow, sounds like he was an easy sell once you showed him some Yeah, he was, uh, yeah. <laughs> and uh, what time of year were you guys there? Yeah, so we went uh, in the middle of April. So uh, we actually left there on, on Easter Sunday. So we were sort of at the end of, I suppose, the, um, the Northern Lights season. And we were sort of hoping to potentially be super lucky in, in getting those. But unfortunately, it was way too overcast where we were for, for the week that we were there. But uh, not to worry, it was still quite a, um, it was a nicer time, I think, for us to 
to visit. There was still some snow around in um, in some of the areas. There was, I suppose, less tourists as well. So I think we sort of stuck to the, we went down south where it was, I think, a little bit more touristy than the north, but um, we still didn't find it very, very busy at all. So a, a perfect time for us to um, to go and explore. Yeah, definitely part of that shoulder season where the roads will probably be okay and the weather's a little bit cold, but you won't have as many tourists. Absolutely. Who knows what the future is going to look like as far as tourists, but at least historically back in 2019. (laughs) (laughs) Right. Um, So, you know, one of the benefits that I tell people visiting Iceland from from the United States is that the flight isn't very long, right? It's from the East Coast, from Boston, for example, you can get there in under five hours, but you guys are from Australia. And so that benefit really doesn't work for you at all. So uh, how how, how long your flights were and how did they go with the kids? Well, we can't even uh, get to the other side of Australia in about that, or that's, I suppose, how long it takes us to get to the other side of Australia. So, um, Iceland is certainly not the place to do a long weekend or anything for us, but nevertheless, it's an amazing place to go. But um, so, we were lucky. We were flying in from Munich, so it was a sort of a straightforward four-hour flight for us. But if we had come from Australia, it would have been, I think, between about 28 to 35 hours with at least two stopovers. So, I think that um, the hour difference would be dependent upon um, upon those stopovers. So it's probably one of the longest um, plane flight rides I imagine for us to get to from Australia. I would imagine it's, uh, yeah, it's certainly the other side of the world for us. But as I said, still an amazing place to go and, um, you know, forces you to potentially go for longer, which is, which is even better. Right. If you're going to make the effort, you might as well stay for a couple of weeks. Exactly. Exactly. How, how were the kids on, on the flight to, to Germany on those long legs? Did, were amazing. They- Amazing. I think I had hyped it up in my head to be um, completely horrid, to be to be quite honest with you. But they've done, um, you know, a fair bit of flying around, uh, sort of locally. Never a long distance. You know, even New Zealand for us is it's actually quicker for us to get to New Zealand than the other side of Australia. So we've certainly never never done a, a long haul before. But um, you know, they were they were great. They had their own little TVs and they had iPads and, uh, you know, the gorgeous little plain food that they got excited about. So, um, yeah, they were fine, which was which was great. I was waiting for them on the way back to become horrid, but um, it was all good. And plus, you know, they're small. They can easily curl up and still go to sleep, unlike us um, tall people. So, <laughs> right. All wonderful. And the, yeah. And those in-seat entertainment systems are pretty amazing for the kids, though. They are amazing, the yeah. Yes, I uh, I very vividly remember going to America actually as an eight year old and um, and not being able to see the TV screen in the middle of the aisle and, and how frustrating that was for me back then. So the uh, yes, the in-flight entertainment these days is a lot better than than what it used to be. Thank goodness it makes it easier and more pleasant for everybody, including the uh, the passengers around us that aren't right, necessarily right. flying with children. Right. Yeah. Those screens that come down, they still have those on some planes, but right. It's it's a thing of the past, I think. Um, So so you said that you you headed to the South Coast, which is definitely one of the places we we recommend people visit and is a very touristy, common place for tourists to, to visit. So did you rent a car to get down there? We did, we did, and it's definitely one of my, um, my my points that I would sort of recommend to anyone is is definitely do the driving, and you know for us it was um, the the wrong side of the road as such uh, because we we drive on the on the uh, on the left, um, but we were, look I was very happy with how we went, and there were sort of no close calls or moments where we got mixed up and. Um, I think in order to sort of see much more of the country on your own. Um, timeline and especially with children you know you can get out and stretch your legs whenever they need to or if you want to stop off and see the side of the road because that's where 
you know, behind those mountains is one of the volcanoes and you want to take a picture or whatever it is, it's, you know, you, you've certainly got that flexibility when you when you drive yourself around. Um, so, yeah, we did just stick to the, the south and I think the south was more so from a – uh, a time um, sort of what we had time permitting so uh, whilst we originally sort of looked at doing the the ring road so the the full I suppose full circle around um, Iceland we decided that it was probably better off for everyone just to stick to the south so we spent a few days in the capital uh, then went across to the golden circle so um of course, and, and you know, it's it's sort of said in a lot of um, guidebooks and so forth that the Golden Circle you can do as a, just as a day trip from the capital. We decided to stay overnight, um, again, just to slow down a little bit. And the idea, fingers crossed, was that we hired a gorgeous little cabin in the middle of nowhere, so no um, artificial light. And the idea was that that one particular night, um, everything was going to align and the northern lights were going to come out and, you know, and right. uh, show us show themselves while we were in a hot tub with the four of us there. Um, unfortunately, that didn't happen. But, um, you know, we, we've still got a memorable night of all of us sitting in a hot tub in the rain in the middle of nowhere. So, that was quite special. But, yeah, so we sort of slowed down in, in that um, instance and sort of spent a night there. And then we went down to, uh, to, to Vic or Vike, depending upon how it's pronounced correctly, um, and then went as far as the Glacier Lagoon and Black Diamond Beach before heading back to the capital. So, definitely stuck to the, the south. Uh, but on the way back, rather than sort of going back via the Ring Road, we went down to the Lower Peninsula, uh, which I'll need your help probably pronouncing. Um, but so, we sort of took, took yeah, the, the Lower Peninsula um, at the bottom of sort of Reykjavik so that we could see some more of the, um, the, yeah, the, the sites. The, yeah. the Reykjavik Peninsula by the airport? Yes, yes, absolutely. You nailed it. Thank you. Yeah, <laughs> I hope I did. I'm up, I think I got it <laughs> yeah. right. Let's say you did anyway. Yeah, no, so that down there we were able to see, um, you know, a couple more volcanoes and uh, some gorgeous lighthouses and the the ocean, um, the power plant that, uh, you know, sort of driving through hot, stinky steam as the kids called it. So, um, yeah, just a, a few extra highlights for us on the trip. Yeah, and that is actually a, a pretty good tip for people with families or without that the Reykjans Peninsula, the, the uh, Keplavik Airport where you fly in is on this peninsula about 45 minutes west of Reykjavik. And you can spend tons of time there and get a great taste of Iceland. I think you can, yeah, you, as yeah. you said, you can see the, the geothermal areas. There's some beautiful waterfronts down there. Um, yes. Uh, the Reykjans VT Lighthouse area. There's a lot of really cool things you can see there and not having to go and drive around Ring Road or even drive Absolutely. more than you know, 45 from yeah, right. yeah, exactly. and even that uh, that uh, peninsula that we, I mean, we didn't see cars for for miles and miles. So I think it's even a less touristy spot um, to visit as well. Which for us, we we kind of like that. That it's a bit off the the beaten track as well. Right. Did you guys see the uh, the uh, bri bridge between the continents down there? We did see the bridge between two continents. Yes, yes. And I think having a, a six-year-old who is completely obsessed with volcanoes and earthquakes and all of that, there is no better place to visit than Iceland because yeah. uh, of, you know, all the different areas that you can see and um, and obviously the, you know, the, the two continents there above above the ground and um, all of the, the talk of volcanoes and so forth and the history of the volcanoes as well. So definitely the, the right place to take, uh, to take the six-year-old. Right. And I'll, I'll mention this, I think, in my first episode, which where I covered the Golden Circle, I mentioned mentioned uh, uh, 
Thingvetler National Park, uh, where you can yes. see the, the, this rift, the con- continental yes. rift between the continents. You can yep. go there and see it, but the rift goes through a good part of Iceland. And one place you can see it is they put this bridge over it. Um, it's sort of another nice touristy spot. You can also see it in a shopping mall. They just shopping have tiles spot. laid yeah. there. So there's lots of options to yeah. see it. And you'll yeah. have to go to the National Park to, to go and see that there's many, many no. places throughout Iceland. Yes, although there is the scuba diving there that my, uh, again, my six-year-old William was was very keen to scuba dive and, and see the, the rift under the water because the water is so clear and so forth. And unfortunately, he's sick, so we couldn't do that. But he still says, can we go back? We're going to go scuba diving one day, mum. And I would love to do that with him. So that'll be on the card at some stage when Great. when he's just a tad older. He'll, he'll yeah, be much yeah. older. The snorkeling and scuba diving, I think there's a minimum weight for wearing those wetsuits. And it's, uh, I think some of my kids who were even much older than six still couldn't do it. Yep. Yes, yes. It'll, it'll probably be something as uh, almost to be an adult, I think. But anyway, right. it uh, right. keeps the dream alive and it means that we'll have to go back to Iceland. So there's no, right. no uh, issues from my end with that one. Yeah, I think it said it was like 95 pounds or something. So in the neighborhood oh, of you know, 45 kilograms, I think last I looked. <laughs> I, I could have that wrong, but it's, it's, uh, it's pretty high. Certainly not. So you mentioned South Coast. You mentioned the 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 Reykjans Peninsula. What are some of the of the highlights of your trip? What are some of the places that you sort of think back yeah, to? Yeah, sure. So, so I think um, I think for us, it's um, I suppose as a as a starting point, I, I have to say that this well, Iceland as a whole, it's the first place that I've ever been where I feel completely unsatisfied with what I've seen. It's uh, I have a very strong urge to head north and to the to the road uh, less seen or, or less touristy. Um, so, but the the I suppose what we have seen was was extremely memorable. I suppose that is why I have such a, a huge urge to go back. But I think um, you know they're kind of separated into to two little things, and I think that the little moments for me personally are, are very memorable so the um driving through the lava fields between um vic and the glacier lagoon for me um was was very magical so this bright green delicate moss that um was was caused from an eruption in the 1700s if i can remember correctly and um i think just knowing that the history of that and um had read up about it being one of the most poisonous eruptions in the world and or in history and and that it may have contributed to the french revolution and things like that it all just kind of um was was very magical for me and um so you know everyone don't do a justin bieber when he went and in a light oil when he rolled around the moss in one of his um, his music mm-hmm. videos because that yep. moss is so delicate. So, you know, nobody go and don't do a Justin Bieber. But um, so that for me was gorgeous. And realistically, that was us just driving along the – um, the ring road, but it just it went on for for miles and miles, and it was for me it was it was uh, magically beautiful, um, and you know things like the kids throwing making sandcastles in black sand. We obviously don't have black sand here in Australia, so it's it was quite a unique thing to sit on the the beach and watch the kids um, you know building these sandcastles or throwing stones into volcano craters. That again something that we have certainly never experienced before. But um, in terms of I suppose the the actual highlights, if I start in the capital, I definitely would say the Whale Museum. I think it was called the the Whales of Iceland Museum, if yeah. I can remember that correctly. Yeah, that's um, right. That was amazing and, and that was something that we just decided to do at the last minute because it was pouring with rain and very, very windy. Um, and they had audio guides for both children and, um, and adults. So it was, you know, the, it, the knowledge, it, it catered towards um, the different the different age groups. And from memory, I think there were about 30 life-size 
um, whales just hanging uh, from the from the ceiling, but at our height and at the children's height. So we were able to walk the whole way around a sperm whale, for example, and then um, you know hear about the differences between a sperm whale and, and another whale that's in the area. So that was a huge highlight um, for us, and and something that I've said to others to definitely definitely pop on your lists. Um, the waterfall that you can walk behind again, you'll have to help me with the pronunciation. Um, yeah. On Selyandinfoss, I think, or something like that. Thank you, thank <laughs> you. Um, but that was was just epically um, amazing, and being able to stand directly behind something with such a a huge, uh, strong flow, and being able to look out to the world, you know, beyond while you're sort of hugging the cliff face, was something that I'll I'll never forget. And the kids were screaming um, with with laughter, you know, they were having a ball, but you know, not being able to hear each other properly because of the the roar of the um, of the water as it sort of you know went over the edge and. We all had our wet weather gear on and got completely soaked, but going able to, you know, going back to the car and being able to strip off and we were completely dry again. But there were a few people that uh, went and walked behind the waterfall in their jeans and I, I knew that they were going to get absolutely drenched and that they did. And we all know what wet jeans uh, feel like, so I'm glad that yeah. we had our wet weather gear on. But, yeah, being sort of so close to something so powerful was, was amazing. And um, we... As a family, I suppose we really like to support small businesses and we sort of try and do that here, but also when we travel. So um, there was a farm on the Golden Circle that has been in um, the same uh, family for, for many, many generations. And I think a few generations ago, they realised that with tourism um, becoming, I suppose, more apparent in Iceland, they put in accommodation and a cafe as well. So we sort of made sure that we found that that farm and um, went and had an ice cream there and we could sit in the cafe and see the, the cows or the dairy cows in the barn directly behind us. And, you know, the kids were guessing which... Um, which cow would help to produce the ice cream that they were yeah. eating. And they were little gorgeous calves, so we got to see the calves. So that's something that we loved doing. And the lava show in um, Vic is an absolute must for us. I, I can't um, I can't say how amazing this, this lava show was. And um, our six-year-old William asked in about, I think it goes for about 45 minutes, where you're in a room where there's um, lot, real lava, so it's a very – hot room and, and um, Julian, the owner, sort of talks through the history of um, the volcano, which is close by and um, what happens if the volcano erupts while you're uh, there and, you know, all of these fascinating insights as well. And, and my son asked about six questions because, again, he's six and he's fascinated with volcanoes and um, Julian misinterpreted one of his um, his questions when the, the lava was bubbling and William had asked what happens if you press the bubble, um, what would happen to the lava? And he interpreted that as, can I play with the lava? So uh, Julian got him up. So the six-year-old went up with just, you know, safety goggles on and um, Julian had a, a big metal pole that he was sort of um, – hitting the, the lava with to sort of say to show us where, where it goes cool and what happens and so we had our six-year-old and we've got this amazing video of of William um you know playing with lava essentially with this metal pole and that's something of course there's you know we'd never get to do that in Australia because we don't have the volcanoes but also we um health and safety here would never allow that so <laughs> you know it was great for, for us to be able to see him um you know play with with real lava um, I could really go on, but the the, back, the Black Diamond Beach was uh, incredible, and again something that we would never experience on our own our own continent. So, essentially, the um, 
the it's next to the the glacier lagoon which of course is runs off um runs off the, the glacier and over time there's these huge icebergs that um that break off and they they sort of melt away i suppose and then they float in the, the glacier lagoon and it's at the same height as or sea level um so they kind of go out this stream if we can call it a stream after you know floating around i think it was for 25 years i think the average iceberg floats in that glacier lagoon and they slowly float out to sea and then of course with the atlantic uh, waves they come back in they crash against the shore and they all break up into these gorgeous little uh, what they are now called black diamonds or, or diamonds on on the black beach so you know being able to stand next to they're not so little some of them so we have um a photo of all of us standing in front of one that i think was probably about 12 foot high and probably i don't know eight foot wide um so they're 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 massive but also you know the kids were able to pick up smaller pieces and and um or they licked them i don't know whether you'd recommend that for everyone but you know they were they were sort of licking saying that they had they were holding ice that were thousands (laughs) of years old and um and again that was that was amazing the last one i think that was a, a really big um one for us was the the blue lagoon so um you know, being man-made, uh, or you know, from the um, from the geothermal plant, I wasn't. I was a little bit unsure. I think it was very touristy. Um, the price point also shows that it's very touristy. And I'd been on a few different um, social media sites to sort of see what other people's opinions were of the Blue Lagoon. And in the end, we decided. You know, we were on the other side of the world once, and we we sort of had to do it. But. It was amazing. It was just, it was fantastic. And we went at about four o'clock in the afternoon um, the day before we left Iceland. And, you know, we just floated around in this, what we call this gigantic spa. Um, and it was incredible. So I now said, everybody else, go to the Blue Lagoon. <laughs> Don't worry that it's touristy. Um, it was amazing. So they were probably nice. our highlight. Sorry, it was, it was just because what's nice is that the the, the blue blue lagoon is expensive, but the kids are free under twelve. So yes, you have, you're in that perfect yes. range where absolutely yes. And we did have to kind of um, word up William that he did have to wear the floaties around the arms, um, and right. obviously he had to because it's um, it's milky. You 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 literally you can't see underneath that. Um, you can't see under the water, but, you know, for, for health and safety reasons. But it, once he was in and saw every other kid was also wearing them, it didn't matter. But, um, yeah, just being able to float around to the different areas was uh, was incredible. Wow, well, I think you just outlined a pretty nice trip for people visiting Iceland <laughs> in 2021. They can just listen to this podcast, write things down, and they'll, they'll, have, they'll, they'll, they'll have their itinerary all planned out, I think. Oh, wow. Well, just so, you know, we loved it. It's just, it's, uh, you know. The list continues. The list could go on, but but I won't. I won't. But no, they, they were definitely our um, our highlights. Let me follow up there with a couple of thoughts, but that was a really great, great list. Thank you. Um, yeah. the, the Wales of Iceland Museum in Reykjavik, I think, is really great for kids. And you mentioned the, the, that the whales are life-size. One of the things that I really like there, and you can tell me if you guys felt this as well, is that you, you walk in and, and they start with the, 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 the smaller whales. Yes. And then you only you turn a corner, and then you see the, the this big blue whale, the the huge yes. one taking up this massive room. And so I think as you turn that corner, I think they've done a nice job where you sort of stop and say, "Whoa!" You know, I've seen you know the what have I seen before the the dolphin and the other sort of smaller whales, but then I turn yes. the corner and you see the huge ones. And I think it's just a striking moment when you turn that corner. Yeah, absolutely. And I think probably for our um, our daughter Harriet was a little bit. Um, I don't know if I'd say she was nervous, but she was a little bit wary of it. And she'd never wore a headset before, so I think starting with the um, with the young, with sorry, the smaller 
Animals First was probably a great way to go from a kid's perspective. And then she kind of, yep, this is what I do. I get to look at them and I get to listen to my headset and then walking around that corner. And it was just like, wow, that's real. Are they really that big? <laughs> yep. Yes, they are. They are that big. And you know, there was a little, um, uh, a little, what do you call it? A playground, a little playground in the sort of a back corner. And, and that, again, just being able to sort of walk around a little bit slower and they played there for a little while and we were able to go back and have a look at some of the things that we missed and there's a little cafe at the end as well and with colouring in pencils and things like that as well which was it was a lovely afternoon. Right, right. The other thing I'll mention is you mentioned the the, the lava show in, in Veek that unfortunately I haven't seen. I've been to the building, but they only do it a few times a day because they're actually making lava. They have this process mm. where they heat up rock and make lava. And so it takes them, I think, a couple hours to get it hot enough. So the show only runs a couple times per day. But I haven't heard any single person say anything bad. You look online, you can always find somebody who wants to give something one star. And I think the last time I looked, I haven't seen a single person say anything bad of this yeah. lava show in Vic, right. that it's everyone says it's just wonderful and, and, and worth it. So. Yeah, <laughs> absolutely. And we would go back again, to be honest, and, and say, see the same show all over. And um, they, it looked like they also had beautiful soups in their restaurant there as well. So that's, we didn't, we didn't um, sample those. That's another reason to go back, but right. um, yeah. Yeah, no, it was <laughs> beautiful. Very good. Sounds great. That was a great list. Thank you. Um, <laughs> Any mistakes that maybe you guys made or things you wish you'd done differently that maybe future visitors to Iceland could benefit from? Um, I don't think there was any mistakes. The only mistake probably was that we didn't go for longer. So we we had an option of sort of spending two weeks in Iceland and not going to another uh, European country. And instead, um, we decided to, um, to just sort of cut it short and, and spend a week there. So... Um, I definitely would say do the ring road or, you know, at least allow there's some sort of offshoots of the ring road as well. So the Westman Islands for me would be a huge one that I would I would have loved to have gone to. And we looked at that and sort of um, with potential bad weather and ferries not being able to get back. And if we got stuck and we've only got a week there, it would have sort of then, you know, we wouldn't have been able to see other things. So I think sure. allowing the time to really be able to see the the country and I think we did we did our area well I think we were able to to spend enough time a time there but I'd definitely say look at doing the the full um the full road with some of the other sort of peninsulas off to the side as well um I I think the, the big thing for us was it wasn't as expensive as what we had been told it was going to be um and it was almost quite a huge shock for us so yes the accommodation is or can be expensive and we chose Airbnbs so that we were sort of, um, you know, we had the ability to cook our own food and, and pack picnics for lunch and so forth again because we did know that it was going to be more expensive or we'd heard it was more expensive. Um, but I think in terms of eating out for the few times we did, yes, of course, that is that is much more expensive. Car hire is was probably four times the cost of what it would cost us in Australia for the same price. So, yes, that, sure. it is expensive. Um, but everyday food in terms of supermarket food was was nowhere near what we thought it was. So, um, rightly or wrongly, and, and people can judge us on this, but um, a can of Coke is, is universal, right? So, you can pretty much find a can of Coke anywhere. And so, any of our travels, we kind of compare um, prices of the can of Coke to, you know, to what it is back home. And even in, um, in Vic, it was cheaper for a can of Coke than what it is in our local store wow. um, back here in Melbourne. So, you know, it, it's, it really wasn't all that more expensive. So, I think for families that are looking for 
um, you know, budget options if, if you've got accommodation where you can cook your own food. I just, we came back with, with money in our pocket or we went to the next place with money, a lot more money in our back pocket than what we thought we were going to. Um, and, you know, we're, we're from Australia, so our, our exchange rate isn't um, near what yours, you know, what America's is either. So, um, yeah, that, that was certainly a big thing. Um, dress for the weather. I think, you know, once kids are cold, they're cold and that's that's it. So there's nothing worse than frozen toes. So start with um, wet weather, sorry, waterproof boots. And we also had uh, waterproof jackets. We had um, thermals for the kids and us, which we, we wore, uh, waterproof pants as well. And, and the day that we were at Black Diamond Beach and the Glacier Lagoon, it was absolutely pouring with rain. And mm. the kids still went out and they had no issues because they knew that they were dry. And um, it was a bit of fun just, you know, running around a beach with uh, pieces of ice and in the pouring rain. So dress for the weather was would definitely be my, my other thing. And um, the airport, I, I don't know if anyone's ever mentioned the, the airport, but um, for us that was amazing in terms of um, how welcoming they were to us as a family. So um, both when we arrived and then also we were checking out, there's a – you know, a check-in desk for families. So we were ushered directly through to there. So when we arrived at the airport, there was a huge queue. It was Easter Sunday and we got a bit nervous thinking, oh gosh, are we going to miss the flight? But ushered right down to the family line. Um, customs, there was a family line. And then after you went through customs, there were airport officials giving out um, booklets or little activity sets and said to the kids, well done on, on standing and well being well behaved. So that was, it, it's a really family friendly uh, country I think and as much as this probably sounds like a huge sales pitch and it certainly <laughs> isn't but um, your book to be to be quite honest with you we we, we found this book um, sort of halfway through our our planning where we'd sort of already planned out our the route and where we were going to go but um, I literally sat up in bed and I can still remember it, sitting up in bed halfway through the night with your book and a cup of tea and just sort of going through the whole lot and it really has everything that um, that you need. I don't think you need any other guidebook or anything. It has everything in terms of planning and, you know, things even down to um, about petrol and how you fill up with petrol because they aren't all manned, things like that that you may not necessarily get from somewhere else. I think you've covered really well. So as much as it sounds like a huge sales pitch, I honestly, honestly think that's the only book that you need if you're um, going to Iceland with kids. So well, you've thank done you. well. I'm, gonna, I'm, I'm going to start quoting you on that. And I also may quote, I think, something you just said, which, which is that there's nothing worse that, worse than cold toes. So yes. I'll quote you on my book and, oh. <laughs> and dressing for the weather as well. Those are my yep. <laughs> two favorite quotes there. Oh, that's good. That's good. Well, um, but yeah, so I don't make any mistakes, but just go for longer. Go for longer than what we did. Yeah. And I think yeah, you mentioned that you would recommend people cover all of Ring Road. I think that that goes hand in hand with taking more time. I think yes. a week probably isn't isn't enough to cover all, all of Ring Road with kids. I think you need more time right. to stop and let the kids play. As you know, said, playing on the Black Sand Beach, making sandcastles. If you don't build that time into your schedule and you're saying, come on, kids, we have to make it here by five o'clock. You're going to yes. miss those experiences where they get to play and relax and slow absolutely. down. So, Yes, absolutely. All right, Kelly. Well, thank you so much. I hope this is helpful to people no looking to plan yes. trips to Iceland. Um, besides buying my book, yeah, buy my book. But um, <laughs> I think you outlined a really great trip for people and gave some great tips. You know, people should be uh, should be encouraged to to drive if you feel comfortable doing yeah. so. And uh, yeah, I think 
lots of great places to visit on the way. So thank you so much for taking the, no, the time to okay. chat with me today. Thank, thank you. I, I'm, um, I'm really happy that I was able to come on because, uh, you know, hopefully your listeners can uh, can hear how, you know, incredible it was for us and certainly see that it's a, it's a, um, it's a destination for them as well. So thank you. Thank you for having me. Great. All right. Have a good day. Thanks. Thank you. Bye. <laughs> Thanks for listening to the Iceland with Kids podcast. For more information, check out our website at icelandwithkids.com. Or if you want help planning your Iceland vacation, or even having me serve as your personal guide in Iceland, just send me an email, eric at icelandwithkids.com. Thanks for listening.